1: Lexicon Valley is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus, a new video service with thousands of lectures on dozens of topics. For a limited time, Lexicon Valley listeners can watch, for free, the entire collection of literature courses, including How to Read and Understand Shakespeare. Just visit thegreatcoursesplus.com lexicon. And by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers right to your door everything you need to create a home-cooked meal. Farm-fresh ingredients are perfectly portioned and come with an easy-to-follow recipe card so you can create a delicious dinner in 40 minutes or less. Visit blueapron.com lexicon to get your first two meals free. The following podcast contains explicit language.
0: From Washington, D.C., this is Lexicon Valley, a podcast about language. I'm Bob Garfield with Mike Volo, and today, episode number 82, titled Defecation Presentation, wherein we discuss the murky origins of shit show. Hey, Mikey. Hey, Bobby. How you doing, buddy?
1: Splendid. Thank you. And your own self? I'm great. I'm great. Bob, a couple of months ago, Samantha B., the comedian formerly of The Daily Show, the comedian or the comedian, if you're still using that needlessly gendered suffix that we talked about once upon a time, she had this to say on the premiere episode of her new show, Full Frontal. On TBS
0: you know for months I've been just sitting here with no show just yelling at the wall <laughs> well the most deranged electoral shit show in a generation passed me by and it has been killing me
1: now last month John Oliver also a comedian formerly of The Daily Show he had this to say on an episode of his show last week tonight on HBO Welcome,
0: welcome to last week tonight. Just time for a quick recap of the week, and we begin with the U.S. election, or as you may know it, the Clowntown Fuck the World shit show, 2016. <laughs> it is a Clowntown Fuck the World shit show. Yes, well said. And uh, I was surprised to hear John Oliver quote Alexander Hamilton, but it was uh, just dead on.
1: Finally, Bob, in the current issue of the Atlantic, the magazine's national correspondent Jeffrey Goldberg has a cover story called The Obama Doctrine, which is a a sweeping 20,000-word piece about President Obama's foreign policy. And in it, Goldberg says that publicly, Obama refers to the situation in Libya as a mess, but, quote, privately, he calls Libya a shit show. So what do these three examples plucked from the media, what do they have in common?
0: Well, what do they have in common? I, I would say, first of all, and you have to understand, Mike, I have spent years and years informally analyzing language and, of course, using it in various media. So, you know, I'm not an unauthoritative source on this. I would say what they most have in common is they all employ the words shit and show. Correct. <laughs> so, so, in that so order. So, there's that. Yes. <laughs> The second thing is they hew very well to the, what I perceive as the definition of shit show, which is what during World War II days they used to call foobar, which is fucked up beyond all recognition and just nothing right about it, everything wrong, wildly terrible, with nothing flowing from it but shit. Now, if I were a dictionary, I would probably have an A and B definition because Samantha B. and John Oliver mm-hmm. look at the shit show almost as if, almost as if it were so bad, it somehow becomes a kind of performance art, an entertainment, right. a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Whereas the president, in using it to describe the situation in Libya, was simply saying it's a clusterfuck <laughs> to, right. to employ another vulgarity to describe a situation completely out of control.
1: So the phrase or the word, depending on whether or not you put a space between shit and show, and I should say, incidentally, that a lot of compound nouns that start out as two words, once they become embedded in the language, if they become embedded in the language, they frequently lose that space and become one word. The classic examples for that are, say, teaspoon and tablespoon, which over the course of some number of years, centuries ago, got smushed together to be one word. That seems to be happening with shitshow, although in my anecdotal experience, I would argue that it's still more common to see it as two words.
0: Yeah, it's not quite achieved the one-wordiness of douchebag, which (laughs) uh, was for centuries a two-word term, but now that it is absolutely a term of art wholly apart from its actual physical properties is uh, most often a one-worder.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you there. So the phrase shitshow has been popping up a lot in my world lately. And in fact, I coined a term for that very phenomenon, if you remember, Bob, when a word or phrase that you either don't come across all that often or maybe never came across suddenly starts appearing two, three, four times in a relatively short span. I call that an echolocution. And shitshow, as I've just demonstrated, has been exactly that for me lately, not just in the media, But, for example, last week a colleague here at Slate described a particular morning on the
0: Washington, D.C. metro, the subway system here, as a shit show. And I can't tell you how delighted I am to hear that, that this echolocution is suddenly echoing, because while the words themselves may be inelegant, the expression is as elegant and precise as can be. My only objection, though, is to your colleague's statement that today or that day was a shit show on the metro. Tana, halilah hazeh, wherefore is that day different from any shit show on the metro?
1: Right. That's absolutely true. Public transportation in general, if you look around in social media, frequently attracts the phrase shit show. But the metro in particular here in Washington comes in for that diagnosis quite a bit, if you look at Twitter recently at Julie Gully, Metro is honestly the biggest shit show. At F three toast, the Metro has been a complete shit show today. This is one of my favorites at Fueled by Robin. In a shocking turn of events, Metro is not a complete shit show this weekend. <laughs> I love that she goes out of her way to tweet the fact that the Metro is actually running pretty smoothly right now. That's a damning with faint praise, but go uh, yeah. ahead. And finally, at Internet Rahim DC Metro is the definition of a shit show.
0: So there you go. So on that dictionary that I'm not, A is FUBAR, B is FUBAR as spectacle, and C is DC Metro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's consult an actual dictionary. What is the dictionary definition of shitshow? According to the Oxford English Dictionary, it is, quote, a situation or state of affairs characterized by chaos, confusion, or incompetence, a mess, a shambles, a debacle. And there's a usage note along with the definition pointing out that shitshow is sometimes used to express, quote, contempt for bad organization Poor execution of a task, etc.
0: Yeah, I suppose <laughs> once you start applying the word "shit" to anything, there's <laughs> it does have a kind of contemptuous vibe to it. I, I'll agree there. I'm not sure that it goes so far as to the assignment of blame necessarily, but there's clearly disgust at play at a minimum.
1: All right, let's take a step back for a moment. I wrote a piece about shitshow for Slate a little more than a year ago. This was before there was even an official entry for it in the OED, incidentally, but I wanted to revisit the term here on the podcast in part because I've been hearing it everywhere, and so it feels like it's reaching critical mass or that we're experiencing peak shitshow. But I also wanted to revisit it because it's not really clear where this phrase originated or how it caught on for a number of interesting reasons. Before we get to that, let's take a short break. Lexicon Valley is brought to you this week by the Great Courses Plus Video Learning Service, a virtual library of thousands of lectures on dozens of topics from language to history to science. The Great Courses has a really cool offer for Lexicon Valley listeners right now. They have a large Erudite collection of courses about literature, and you can watch any of them for free, including, to name just one, how to read and understand Shakespeare. I guess I would describe myself as an unapologetic Shakespeare snob. I have two full sets of his works from two different publishers, and I'm working on a third. From the perspective of someone who loves language, it's essential and so rewarding to read and reread Shakespeare's plays. How to Read and Understand Shakespeare covers some of the most performed, some of the most beloved of Shakespeare's works, including Macbeth and Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet. The course is broken down into 24 30-minute lectures, and you can watch it for free right now if you visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash lexicon. Get some Shakespeare in your life at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash lexicon. So... The first thing you do when trying to trace an expression over time is to locate it out in the wild, right? You search books and magazines and transcripts, anything and everything in which the language is written or spoken, hoping to find examples of what you're looking for. The problem with a phrase like shitshow is that when you do that, you get a lot of false positives. In other words, you find uses of shitshow
0: that don't really mean
1: what we're talking about here.
0: Really? Really? False positives. I'm, shit show in poetry. Shit show in medical diagnoses. Shit show in diplomacy. I'm sorry. What? Let what me explain. Invocation of the term "shit show" does not fall into the category of chaos or debacle. I'm dying to hear the answer to this one.
1: Let me explain. The phrase shitshow, show," as the lexicographer Catherine Connor Martin told me last year. It can be, quote, open to multiple interpretations depending on the context. What does that mean? Well, the shit show that we are interested in, you can think of as a show of shit, as Catherine Martin put it, just like an art show is a show of art. However, if you do a LexisNexis search, you find a lot of examples, especially in British and Australian sources, of actors or musicians or TV personalities talking about doing or having or something being a shit show. In other words, as Catherine Martin puts it, a shitty
0: show or a bad show. Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy because I have no doubt that some of the comments on iTunes and emails will get to that very point And we're going to... We're going to be the stars. (laughs) Well, let me give you one example.
1: There's a comedian and BBC television host in England named Mark Lamar. Back in 1999, the Sunday Times of London interviewed him, and the reporter suggested that perhaps he was too busy for a relationship. And Lamar said, quote, No, that's stupid. A relationship means more to you than anything else in your life. Falling in love means more, and you'd always rather do it And do a shit show. Now, clearly, Lamar is not using that expression, shit show, in the way that we are talking about. Agreed?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: I remember once in my ancestral homeland of New Jersey eating pizza with some people and somebody remarking that it was shit pizza. Same idea, right? So let me now give you an example that is precisely what we're talking about. This is from 1990 and it's from the novel by James Elroy, L.A. Confidential, later turned into a great movie of the same name. In the book, a cop named Detective Sergeant Jack Vincennes, who's played by Kevin Spacey in the movie, he tells the district attorney that he should focus all of his attention on the series of murders at the Night Owl coffee shop and not worry about who killed Sid Hudgens. Sid Hudgens was a sleazy tabloid publisher who had a lot of enemies. He was played by Danny DeVito in the movie, by the way. So Vincennes tells the district attorney regarding the Hudgens case, quote, let it play out. Push on the night owl. That's the one the public wants cleared. Hudgens was shit. The investigation will be a shit show and we'll never get the killer. Let it play out. Now, that example is perfect because it pulls from all threads of the definition, right? Chaos, confusion, incompetence. It's all in there. It's so perfect, in fact, that it's one of the citations in the OED for this phrase. Well,
0: good job, OED. But I got to tell you, if that book had been published today instead of 25 years ago, and I came across the expression, I would have said, (laughs) caught him in an anachronism, taking a current expression and putting it in the mouths of people not only from 1990 but actually i think this was from the 40s right it was set in the Mm -hmm. 40s and i would say there's just no way this would have come out of those characters mouths at that time and that happens a lot when you're watching a film and you see some current usage put in the mouth of somebody from a previous time there are whole teams of people dedicated to finding
1: the linguistic anachronisms in down abbey and Mad Men and other television shows but yes
0: go ahead exactly but this does begin to fuel my suspicion that while we're getting echolocution we're also hearing echo recency and that the phrase because it is so perfect was probably used here and there for many decades before it finally got traction in the popular culture my guess Okay, so
1: that raises the question. This L.A. Confidential example is not the earliest citation. How far back do you think this expression goes?
0: Well, I started by talking about bar, which is of World War II vintage. My guess is that you can trace Shitshow at least as far back as that.
1: We will find out after a short break. Lexicon Valley is also brought to you by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron will deliver all the ingredients you need to create a home-cooked meal. What are you in the mood for tonight? Chicken? Fish? Pasta? Maybe you simply want a cheeseburger with potatoes. Well, all of those options and many more are available just this week from Blue Apron. It can be really tough, Lord knows, to cook a full dinner on a weeknight. That's why all of the meals from Blue Apron are designed to take 40 minutes or less to prepare. You can actually cook and watch a movie on a Tuesday night and still go to bed at a reasonable hour. Best of all, in my opinion, is the portion control. Studies have shown that the average restaurant meal, the average, contains somewhere between 1,100 and 1,400 calories. Every meal from Blue Apron is between 500 and 700 calories per portion. And right now, you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com lexicon. Give it a try at blueapron.com lexicon. So the earliest citation for this expression is from 1976, but in a place that only deepens the mystery of where this came from, not solves it in any way, and deepens the mystery, in fact, of how it became so ubiquitous, so ubiquitous that now even the president himself is using it. What do you know, Bob, about the Bader-Meinhof group or gang, as they were sometimes called?
0: There was a German ultra-leftist terrorist organization that did political kidnappings and bank robberies and various other crimes, I think mainly in the very late 60s, early 70s, early 70s for sure, and was kind of working in parallel to the Red Brigades and, and other Euro lefties.
1: Yeah, exactly. And just to flesh out a little more context here, the group grew out of, as you suggested, the protest movements of the late 1960s. The group was formed in around 1970. It was called the the Bader-Meinhof gang by the press, really, named after two of the main members, Andreas Bader and Ulrike Meinhof, both of whom, by the way, committed suicide in jail after they were captured in the early-mid 1970s. The group called themselves the Red Army Faction, or RAF, and as you said, they were responsible for a lot of nasty stuff, dozens of deaths over the course of nearly 30 years. They were active in some way or another into the 1990s, so these were not nice people. One of the very early members in the early 1970s who was captured and did not commit suicide.
0: Klaus (laughs) Shitshow.
1: No, a, a young woman named Monica Berberich. Now, Berberich was tried and convicted for participating in one of those armed bank robberies that you mentioned. And she was sentenced to 12 years in prison. She then filed a complaint with the European Commission of Human Rights, claiming that the German government did not provide her with a trial within a reasonable time, which is something that's guaranteed by treaty in Europe. Apparently, from the time she was captured to the end of her trial was about three and a half years. I don't know if that's a reasonable time or not, but the commission ruled against her, saying that she herself had, quote, contributed a great deal to the delay of the proceedings. They then listed a number of things that she did to delay the proceedings. Quote, On March 16, 1973, the applicant and other defendants again insulted the public prosecutors in the courtroom and threw cheese at them. On another occasion, they made a ballpoint pen explode, which they had stuffed with the sulfur taken from matches. From May 8, 1973 to June 28, 1973, the applicant again participated in a hunger strike. As a result, the court sat only in the morning for two or three hours because it was feared that the defendant would not be fit to attend the trial during the whole day. On June 22, 1973, the applicant again refused to attend the trial. She had therefore to be taken handcuffed to the courtroom. There, she insulted the presiding judge, saying, quote, there is that swine again. We don't want this shit show any longer. Now, do you see the problem here,
0: Bob? Yeah, I do I do see the problem. There's a question. And the question is, was this an exact translation of German? <laughs> did someone actually say Scheiss Was einer Scheißau ist das? Or did someone say Fünftenschachen möven gruben? And the English translator goes how would you translate that? I don't. I'm not familiar with that term in in German. Auf Deutsch, as they say. And the other one says, I oh, don't know. Why don't you just call it a shit show? I mean, is that how it played out? Right.
1: So, as you're suggesting, this is an English language account of a German trial that was presumably in German. I asked Catherine Connor Martin recently if they had the original German, and. She said, quote, we attempted to find a German transcription of the legal action in order to determine what word was being translated. In other words, as you said, Bob, are they translating something that Monica Berberich said that is the exact equivalent of shitshow in German? Or did she say something else entirely that was somehow translated
0: as shitshow? And if so, and if so, to what lexicon popular or published did the English translator turn to come up with shitshow to begin with. Exactly. So, yeah, either way, we, we're going to have a very important clue as to the uh, the hoariness of this term.
1: Right. Well, unfortunately, the folks at the OED and at Oxford University Press, as Catherine Martin told me, hit a dead end. They were unable to find the original German and said they would be very grateful if someone could. So, if any of our German listeners out there can obtain an original language transcript of that trial from 1973, please do pass it along. The OED would love to see it. I would love to see it. I'm sure you would love to see it, Bob. So, just to sum up, as it stands right now, the earliest known use of shitshow is in the 1976 yearbook of the European Convention on Human Rights in a passage that recounts, in translation, presumably, what a Bader-Meinhof gang member said several years prior in a German courtroom to the judge. So let me leave you now, Bob, with two things. First of all, in the late 1950s, early 1960s, there were a number of visual artists who were very well known, Sam Goodman, Stanley Fisher, and Boris Lurie, and they formed what they called the No Art Movement, which... Wikipedia describes as an art movement that, quote, sought to deliver a shock to the complacent consumerist society around them. Now, as part of this movement, Boris Lurie and Sam Goodman organized an exhibition at the Gertrude Stein Gallery in 1964. It consisted of 21 sculptures, what Tom Wolfe, the writer Tom Wolfe, described at the time as 21 piles of sculpted mammal dung made from extruded plaster. This exhibition was reviewed in the New York Times, which happened not to print the name of the exhibition, which was, yes,
0: shit show. O-M-G, raising the question, was it merely being literal in order to poke a finger in the eye of the tender esthete, or was it meant to be a double entendre? Exactly. Exactly part of the
1: mystery. I brought it to the attention of the folks at Oxford. They were very glad to learn of this. However, they, like me, remain stumped. Now, I'll leave you with one other piece of information that creates an almost unbelievable full circle to this episode, which came about because of what I call an echolocution, right? I kept hearing over and over the term shit show, especially in the last several months. And This term, we now know, traces back at least to a Bader-Meinhof gang member. I learned in doing research for this episode that there is already a term for what I call echolocution. Here's how the magazine Pacific Standard told the story just a few years ago, and I'm paraphrasing a bit. In 1994, a commenter on the St. Paul Pioneer Press's online discussion board noted that he had heard the same phrase twice in less than 24 hours. And this was, I think, a phrase that he had never heard before. As the Pacific Standard goes on, the phrase became a meme on the newspaper's boards where it still pops up regularly and has since spread to the wider internet. That phrase was, quote, the name of the ultra-left-wing German terrorist group, Bader Meinhof. So what I call an echolocution, apparently many, many people out there in the world refer to as the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon.
0: Whoa! Whoa! Worlds collide. Unmöglich. Das ist unmöglich. (laughs) Once again. Was eine Scheißschau.
1: If you're out there. Das ist unmöglich. In the world and have access to the German archives of the Bader-Meinhof trials, please, please dig them up and let us know what Monica Berberich said in that portion of her trial from 1973. Send it along to lexiconvalley at slate.com. That's lexiconvalley at slate.com. Please follow us on Twitter at lexiconvalley and subscribe to our feed in the iTunes store. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts and Andy Bowers, the chief content officer of the Panoply Network.
0: All right, Mikey, we done here?
1: Yeah, I think this shit show is just about over. <laughs> Later, Gator. Oh, no, here we go.